Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, a travel podcast to highlight topics and talk in depth about how travel can have meaning in your life through the experiences you gain from exploring the world. How is this podcast different to other travel podcasts? The show's discussion points will talk about more than just destinations people can travel to, their favourite place or food, or how to travel hack. I'll dig deep into why and what that individual may have learnt from a destination or what impact an event or occasion has had on their life during their travels. No topics are off limits. The podcast will aim to create suspense for listeners and leave you inspired to travel, learn and be a better person overall. My guest at this point is adventurer Dominic Renshaw. Dominic, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I know you are very busy at the moment. How are you and where are you currently at the moment? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, presently, I'm out in uh, Herefordshire, so a uh, very quiet, quiet part of the world. Uh, very nice area of the world, but yeah, I was in Herefordshire, so it's a lovely, lovely area. We're going to be coming on to your adventures shortly, but before I do so, for the audience who don't know who you are, please tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm an adventure and explorer. Um, basically, I've been that for quite a long time now. Um, I bought a company back in 2004, so it's literally 20 years ago now, and that was an adventure company. So that got me into adventuring, outdoor, traveling in a very big way. So I worked at that for close on 14, 15 years. Uh, at the end of that, obviously, gets a bit more where you're working on, a, on an adventure or a travel than you are actually going on it. And that just that sort of drove me into my own sort of expeditions, et cetera. And the first one I really did, I suppose, the first sort of one I really went, okay, that's really good fun, was the Inca Trail. Oddly enough, coming back off the, coming literally from the back of the Inca Trail, uh, within two months I'd uh, gone up Kilimanjaro. So the whole thing moved from A to B to C to D very, very rapidly, and that's where my sort of background came. And since then I've done lots of other expeditions, got into mountaineering in a big way. Um, and that's pretty much what my background is. So it all really started back in 2004, I suppose, you could go even further back than that. For example, I lived in the Pennines for a long, long time. So my natural, I was outdoors anyway. Uh, I was very lucky because where we lived, uh, my uncle owned the farm all in front. So all the land around, it was owned by my uncle, which meant I was very lucky and we could use all the outdoors. For example, when you're young, you learn about the mountains and explorers. You learn that when you're at primary school. Um, we were very lucky because our primary school only had 26 pupils in the entire school. From, where, from three to 11. It was tight. It's a tiny little place. In my year alone, I only had three in my entire year. So it's a very small school. Is, is it because the, the area that you're living in was a, was a tiny place or was it, was it a private school? It's a little tiny village. We li- literally, we lived in, literally up in the Pennines um, and around, we had one house next door to us and then the next house was probably half a mile away. It was, you know, it was really rural. And the school, we had to walk to school and the school was over six miles away. So we had to walk to school in the morning, walk back. It, it was fine because in the middle of nowhere um, and the school was tiny. It literally was. Um, it's just a little tiny area. All the little tiny villages uh, seeped into it. And it's a little tiny school. It's still going to this day. Interesting. You said that, that you had to walk to school every day for six miles and then walk back. So I can see where your adventuring started from. If you, if you have to walk to school for six miles every single day, that's a bit of a trek already. It was a heck of a trek. My mum and dad t- did take us every now and again, but we walked it most of the time. And to be honest with you, the great thing is that in the countryside is, you know everybody as well. So a lot, when we're walking back up the hill, because we lived right on top of a huge hill, it was a massive hill, so the, the, the school was low down. So every time it snowed, we got snowed in anyway. It was just what happened. So, for example, now it was high enough, it's well above the, above the snow line, so we used to get snowed in all the time. Um, but my parents did, did take us to school every now and again. But on the way back, a lot of neighbours who were driving up, because we knew everybody, 
they just take you on a lift halfway up the road and you just jumped in the back just jumped in the back of the van and off you went or on a tractor because most of it was farming anyway tell us your what you're up to right now because you've been in the in the news what i'm up to at the moment is um in quite serious training at this moment in time but not just physical training i'm also in the, the mental training side of it as well, plus all the rest of it, which goes on the PR side and everything else off the back of it. But basically, I'm in training to become the world first for dragging a tyre from John O'Groats to Land's End. I'm calling it Long Tread, a bit of a pun on the old tyre there. Uh, but in so doing, that's around 850 miles, and it's going to take me anywhere from 40 to 44 days. It's in that ballpark. It's all planned out, but naturally things can happen. Just rewinding slightly, what am I doing at the moment? For example, this this week, on Monday, I got up and did a six hour with uh, six six miles with the tyre, and then came off the back of that and did all the PR work through Twitter, YouTube, sent off uh, lots of inquiries to possible companies for sponsorship, sent lots and lots of inquiries off for kit, because I need lots of kit as well. Did all that as well, got it all organised. Tuesday morning, I woke up and did a 22 and a half mile trek with a tyre. Now, that took pretty much the whole day because it, it goes sunrise at here at eight, 10 past eight and at half past four, it goes dark. And I finished at 10 to four. So I only had 40 minutes left within that timescale. So this is my sort of life at the moment. <laughs> That's what I tend to be doing at the moment because I've got to get to a, a serious fitness level because for 44 days the average i'll be moving is 22 miles a day that's my average so some days a lot more my lowest day i think is 17 miles and oddly enough that's the first day which is going to be quite nice it's an obvious question but there's a lot of people who will trek and trek mountains and will just walk it but why did you want to carry tires well what, what <laughs> possessed you to wanting to carry tires along the way the, the reason is quite obvious, actually, because and we'll probably come into it a little bit later, but I'm actually, my bigger goal is for 2024, and that is to ski solo in world record time to the South Pole. That's my big goal in 2024. Now, I've gone backwards and broken that down in things I can do. Now, when you're going to the South Pole, you're on skis and you're dragging a sledge. Now, the only way you can simulate that in Britain, because there is no snow, is to have something behind you and the... The simple one is, well, I say it's simple, it's not simple, but what you actually do is drag a tyre and that simulates the sledge. It simulates the same hard, how it, how it pulls on your back or your muscles. So I've gone, okay, guys, I've got the sledge. I've got the idea of pulling the tyre. The trouble is if I do general weekly pulling the tyre around where I am now, I would never get enough training in to see what level of fitness I really need to be. So this year I thought, hold on a second, let's do something extraordinary. Let's put myself through the same amount of physical and mental problems I'm going to have at the South Pole. What can I do? And over a drink or two, about six or nine months ago, I went, hold on a second, it'd be a great idea to pull it from John O'Grace to Land's End. Then I woke up and went, actually, that's not such a silly idea. That is a really good idea. And that's, that's literally where it came from. But I'm, I'm going to be very interested when I've done this, uh, John O'Grace to Land's End, how fit I really am and how, how my body's taken it. Because I'm considering then doing that prior to the South Pole or something similar, maybe across Europe. Mm -hmm. to make sure I'm fully up to speed again, ready for the pole, if that makes sense. Because I'll know this time when I'm a year and a half out from the pole, so my fitness will naturally dip a little between the end of the end of John O'Groats Land's End to when I actually get to the pole. So I will see what's happening, see my body, see how it's all taking it. And if it's worked well and I, end up, I am at really good peak fitness, I will probably then do something again in May, June of 2024 before I then go off to Greenland to do the ice training to then go straight to the pole. So my fitness is at peak but let's see what happens in 
June this year when I get back, when I finish, because uh, I'll be finishing the end of May. So in June, I'll see how my body feels. A lot of trekkers will be listening, thinking it's tough just walking and trekking along, but to do it with tyres, I mean, that's a whole different ballgame. I, I trekked, I've, tre- I've you mentioned the Inca Trail, I've done the Inca Trail myself, and I remember that oh, was one of them. It is absolutely amazing, but it was one of the most physical battle that I've had in my life. And I, I, I remember it to, to this day. It was, a, it was a struggle, but there was no tires or anything. But for, for what I want to know is, is there a specific reason why you're also doing it? Are you looking to raise awareness for anything or are you just doing it for your own personal gain and break the world record? No, it's, it's not for personal gain, this one, because um, I'm just going to rewind a slight bit more because I've climbed Everest as well. I did that back in 2018. Um, but what I found is that I thought this was back whenever I thought, hold on a second, if I'm going to do something, why don't I do it for somebody else as well? And back then I did, I raised for Thames Valley Air Ambulance. I raised loads of money for them. For this one, um, I'm actually raising money for Black Dog Outdoors. Now, they're a charity, a national charity. Not many people have heard because they're quite, they're quite small, but they help with mental illness. Um, and their philosophy is very simple. If they can get people to enjoy outdoor events, it will help with less stress, help them out generally and everything else. And that fits in well with what I do because I'm a natural outdoor person. Now, I'm looking, if I can, to raise anywhere between fifty to £100,000 for these guys with doing the long tread that John Groves lands in. And on the back of that, then we'll take it to the pole as well and see how far we can really push this. But my initial goal for them is between fifty to hundred thousand pounds, and I can see with forty-four days, I can definitely get this done. That will make my day. Simple as that. Why, why does the charity mean so much to you? When I came off Everest, I, I bit of a bit of a bit, bit of a background, but I had a bit of a problem on the summit night of Everest, and I nearly wasn't here to this day. Um, it, my oxygen failed on the ridge of Everest, right up on the top, way about eight thousand five hundred meters. My oxygen failed. What I did realize in that instant was. There is a lot to life. I'm living life pretty well. I'm doing the things I want to do. But when I came back from Everest, one thing I realized, is I really enjoyed the expedition. I really enjoyed the training. Don't get me wrong. It was awesome. It's what I like doing. But what really gave me was that I raised money for other people and other people got a benefit from it. And that, from that moment on, I realized no matter what I do now, I will raise money for a charity. That's very, very admirable. And I just want to take it back slightly before I come back mm-hmm. onto your current project. So you, you talked about the Everest stuff and you, you did all that. I'm assuming without tires at that time to, to climb Everest, as we all know, it's it, not many people come back. And you just said that that potentially it could have been a bit of a dangerous situation when it comes to potentially something going wrong physically. Does that ever worry or you just go into it with a, Positive mindset. You have to have a positive mind, mindset on these. There's no buts about it. If you didn't have a positive mindset, you'd never get off the word go. Um, but I say to a lot of people, experience is everything. So you've got to train for these things properly. You, you can't just turn up at a big expedition and hope you're going to make it. You've really got to go through the skills training and everything else. If you go through the right training, have the right attitude, have the right equipment, you're, you're reducing your risk. It's like a lot of things. So, for example, on Everest, I did a vast amount of training. I've been on courses left, right, and centre. I've done several mountains on the way. So I went there knowing I could do it. It was just if something like, for example, the oxygen failing, there's nothing I could do about that. That's just one of those things. Nothing I could do about it. It was unfortunate. But because of my skills, I could get down safely from there. It's getting the right things in place to make sure you reduce your risks and also making the right decision. So, for example, if you're on an expedition and something goes wrong, 
You've got to have it in yourself to be able to turn around. A mountain will always be there. And I always say to people, I was, I was down at a local school because uh, lots and lots of children learn about uh, exploring expeditions. So I do a lot of school visits and inspire the children as well. Um, but I was chatting to them about it and saying, whenever you're on an expedition, it's the journey from ne- literally from six months ago for me when I started. The journey is from then until I actually reach the goal, for example, of the South Pole. That's my journey. And if you think about it, you need to enjoy that entire journey and not just the last three weeks of the actual trip itself. I also want to know, is would you want to inspire others to do something similar or exactly what you're doing? I'd love to inspire as many people to carry on their dreams. Their dreams might be going from uh, John O'Groats to Land's End. Their dream might be climbing Mount Everest. Their dream might be writing a book. Dreams are anything. It's not just, oh, because I'm an outdoor person. Yes, I naturally gravitate towards that. But I would like anybody to live their dreams. Seriously, life gets in the way. It was very interesting chatting to the children, uh, the children at the schools I've been to already. They, their concept of money and life isn't there yet, but their dreams are. If we all went, hold on a second, the priority is this, we'd see things very differently in life. And I just want to inspire people to do that. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention, but uh, I've got a YouTube channel yeah. um, that, that I'm basically every every uh, week i'm sending a, a um, video out every sunday evening at eight o'clock and that is showing the entire journey i'm going through to get to the south pole so the first video was saying i'm going to do this and every video since has shown every week what's happening and how i'm doing it and how things are changing ups and downs things that haven't gone right things that have gone right and that entire journey will go all the way through to me coming back from the pole i am doing the john O'Groats lands end the long tread on my own, without any backup, and I have to camp under canvas. They are my rules. So I haven't got a backup. I'm doing it all on my own. Uh, if campsites are shut, campsites will be shut. I will turn up at campsites and I won't be able to get in them. My, my channel, it's called Resetting Your Compass on YouTube, but it's a live it's a live documentary of exactly what I'm doing and showing people that you can live your dreams and you can do it. You put enough effort into it and you're happy sounds weird but happy to go beyond your fears many people in this world have fears about things they haven't done and it holds them back so much because a great quote is everything you ever wanted in life is beyond fear and everything you ever wanted out of life just beyond that little bit you've never done and i always say to people just go be one step more beyond that fear not many people know this but i'm scared of heights and obviously i climbed everest so it's getting over your fears. But not many people know that. I had to do some NLP to get over my fear of heights to be able to climb mountains. I'm just going to come onto your YouTube channel, but what I really like what you said about inspiring someone, not necessarily to trek, not necessarily to carry tyres, but inspire them to, to live their dream. Listen to your story. I'm sure people are listening thinking, if you can do something specific like this, why can't I do what I set out to do? So that's really, really inspiration what you just said there because not many people have worded it that way people will say yeah i'm inspiring people to travel i'm inspiring people to trek along but you just said there that you're inspiring you want to inspire kids to live their own dream you also mentioned youtube channel which is a fantastic channel i've been i've been watching it and as you said that you've got weekly weekly stuff from from the some of the some of the videos that i've watched you are as hardcore as it gets and it's a channel I'm sure there's many other channels out there, but the the channel itself, from what I got from it was your the, the passion that you put into it and, and you can see it 
because I always say you can see it in someone's eyes whether they're being genuine or not, especially because I've been watching a lot of stuff for, for my own work. And you can always see from someone's eyes that they really mean what they're doing. And I think it's a fabulous channel. And would you like it to get to a stage where you're earning money? But from that, would you also give back to the charities? If I can basically fund everything I possibly can through doing what I need to do, for example, whether it's YouTube or something else, then all of a sudden I can do a lot more of what I want to be able to do, which is raise a lot more money in the end. Because I guarantee when I come off the back of the South Pole, I'll have another, I'd literally within a day, another idea will spark in my mind. But from that, then we can look at going, okay, well, does that idea, what, that, what, uh, what does that idea fit in with the charity? You know, because you've got you've to get the charity fit with what you're doing. Sounds weird, but some charities don't fit necessarily what you're doing. So you have to sort of go, okay, if I want to do this now, what other charity can I help and how can I help them? And to be honest with you, it would be great to get a passive income coming through YouTube and then going, okay, a certain percentage of that is always going to go to charity no matter what. The interest that you've had and the awareness, raising money so far, how, how far along are you with, in your, on your target? We're pretty pretty good at the moment. I've got to be honest. Um, I've got a lot of feelers out there at the moment. I had a meeting April yesterday, I think it was, or yesterday. I can't recall exactly. They'll roll into one now. Um, with one company that's very, very interested. And I've had several other ones that are nipping at the bit. I have a funny feeling that, and this is why I'm doing the long thread, is because I'm increasing my profile out there, showing you what I... Because let's be honest, companies will only bring money to you if they get something back. Everybody's profitable, and that's, that's what they do. So I need to show them that, investing in myself is worthwhile for them and that's why the long tread is going to happen because the amount of press and the amount of support i'm going to get from that and already getting from that i'm going to be a lot better positioned by the end of that to go to the company and say okay now you've seen what you can get are you prepared to stump up i'm certain from the the trek that you're going to be doing in the next coming weeks there's going to be attention and people will support you. I can I have no, no doubt in my mind. And I just want to bring it on to, because we're running out of time slightly, I just want to bring it on to yeah. the, the, the South Pole itself. And again, what was your reasons for wanting to do this again? Is this again yeah. another passion that came into your head whilst you were carrying the tyres? or came into my head when I, uh, when I was at Everest Base Camp when I'd just come, back, come down off Everest. We were chatting around the room about it and somebody mentioned something about the South Pole and instantly I went, it's a good idea. <laughs> literally i was i hadn't even got off the mountain from me at this stage i knew it happened and then when i got home it took me a couple of weeks my body was wrecked so it took me a few weeks to get back to normal and then i started googling what's all this about the south pole and then i found a guy um over in wales that had tried a couple of times to get the uk record as in the world record he's actually got the uk record now but he hasn't got the world record yet he's tried a few times uh, and i thought hold on a second let me do a bit more research and literally within three weeks coming off everest that was it it was embedded in my mind and that's where i was going and that was as simple as that that that's another thing that's really really interesting what you're saying with because uh, i've traveled around the world you come off a trip and you think i could say another dream of mine is to go here so it can come straight it can come at you in an instant and it's about following those that uh, I, I meet so many people that have a that I, I chat and for years and years they say i'm going to do this i'm going to do this and then a year down the line they're still saying i'm going to do this i'm going to do this and i'm like just take a little bit of action if it's only a tiny bit of action towards that dream it's better than just thinking about it it might be one thing it might be one call one email one exercise session it might be anything but just do that one thing one day and you're closer to your dream than you were by just thinking about it but that comes up back to what you were saying before. People have a, a certain fear, um, a fear of failure, a fear of wanting to do stuff. And that's where it is. And you were saying you were scared of heights. And it's very difficult. People, again, listening will think it's easier said than done. You just have to 
have the willpower almost or an encouragement from friends and family and i'm going to come on to your your family and friends actually as well so your family and friends how when you tell them the projects that you're looking to do uh, is there obvious concern straight away and how supportive are they i am married my, my wife uh, my wife uh, is here she's really supportive to be honest with my wife um I've, i'm not gonna lie she wasn't she was a little bit concerned when i went to everest because she knew people don't come back and that's fair enough you know, it's a difference in being like myself. I've done all the training. I know my, my know my limits. I can I know what I can do and how how I'll, you know I can get to the top. Whereas somebody, even my family, closest family, don't necessarily see all that. They know I've done it, but because they've never actually done it themselves, they don't know what level of skills I've got. Uh, the rest of my family, my mum, my dad, my brothers, they're all very supportive. To be honest with you, uh, they're absolutely great with it. As for my friends, they just got used to that. I do wacky things. They just, ever, ever, ever since they've known me, they just go, okay, it's Dom. That's what he does. But the great thing is, and I love it, the amount of people that say, I'm chatting away over a beer or something, and they, and, I've, and just say, oh, I'm going to do such and such. They turn around and go, you're going to do that, aren't you? Because they know I'm going to do it. It's not just a case I'm throwing something out there. They say, oh, I'm going to go do that. And they go, we know you're going to do that, Dom, because you just said it. And I'm one of those guys, if I say I'm going to do something, I go and do it. The amazing thing is, I'm dragging this tire around at the moment, like the other day, 22 and a half miles in a day. And the amount of people that were tooting their horns at me, flashing their lights, waving, unbelievable. And the other day, it was really lovely. I was, I was walking up the road and I hadn't got the charity nailed down at that stage. I still got another, it was, it, it was going to sign the contract and get it sorted. And this lady pulled up beside me, I was pulling the tire. She wound down the window, said hello. And she stopped a little bit further up the road, thought it was a bit strange, wandered up. She got out of the car and said, are you raising money for charity? And I went, well, I will be, but not yet. I haven't got it sorted yet. I'll, you know, are, are you local? She said, yeah, I'm local. And she went, well, there's four pounds. Please put it towards the charity. I had, no, I had no idea who she was. Not a clue. She's just a stranger who stopped. And I just thought, wow, that's amazing. And, and that support is what sometimes will inspire you to keep going. Because sometimes uh, this is something that I've gotten myself when someone closest to you, when they don't know what you're doing and nece not necessarily support exactly what you're doing, but you want to prove them wrong. Sometimes in your mind, you think to yourself, am I doing something here that I shouldn't be doing? And you, you have those doubts because people in your life have doubted you. But when you have full 100% support commitment from someone, then you know you're doing it for not just for yourself, for your family and your friends. That is very true, actually. I suppose that brings you back right to the early days of life. I've always surrounded myself with positive people, always. I always, I do surround myself with sensible people as well who question what I'm doing sometimes. And I like questioning, you know, you need somebody to question what you're doing. That's the same in business as well. You, there's no point in having a board of directors all nod, to, nod at you. No point at all. I like people who question me. But even on social media, if I find somebody on social media that is ridiculously negative about something I'm doing, strange enough, I will stop following them. They're, they're gone. Sounds weird, but never, never surround you about people who say you can't do things. I surround myself with people who say you can do things and will help me trying to do that. I'm not saying they won't question what I'm doing, which I really like it. But if somebody's very negative and saying, I can't do, can't do, can't do, sadly to myself, that's, well, I can do it and I'm going to do it. That's my decision. And I surround myself with people who are very positive people and have a very positive outlook on life. I'll help anybody, absolutely anybody whatsoever, if they're willing, wanting to do it. And social media is very, really, really important because you've raised that awareness. You just mentioned something there about negative comments. Does it, does it affect you? Because the way I look at things is sometimes when it, I, I get negative comments all the time, but if it's from someone that I don't know, 
they're allowed to make negative comments. Of course they are because that's their opinion or something, but I just brush it aside. I try to make a bit more of a joke out of the comment normally. So if, if somebody's made a, made a bad comment, um, I tend to try and make a bit of a steer of a joke of it just to sort of bounce it off a little bit. Because I think, well, you never know what they're going through at that time they made the comment. Most people don't, even the, even a bad comment, it's, way, it's really weird. If you see somebody face to face, you get it, even when they say something, you get a general, general, different feel than when you see it in text. Yes. When you see something in text, you know, you may read something in text and I may read it differently, the same piece of text. And purely it's the mindset. So I take it with quite a lot of any, any comments I get with a pinch of salt in that respect and try and just make a bit of a joke out of it. And that's as simple as it is because you never know what a person's going through at the time that they made the comment. And I think, well, they might not have meant what I think they mean and vice versa. So. Dominic, I'm going to come to the end of this chat now. It's been yeah. fabulous getting to know what you're up to. And I want to wish you the best of luck with your excursions and next year breaking the world record in the South Pole. Before I let you go, tell everyone where they can find you and how they can support you going forward. Two big places you can find me. The first one is on the charity page. I'm raising money. That's number one. And if you if you search for the long tread on the GoFundMe site, you will find me there. And that's my, that's myself. So that's the GoFundMe site, the long tread. And the second one is my YouTube channel, which is where I'm putting all the information out. And I'd love people to get involved. It's called Resetting Your Compass. So that's really odd why it's called Resetting Your Compass. But compasses don't really work at the South Pole. That's why it's called Resetting Your Compass. But they're the two places you can find me. Hop along, say hello. You never know where it's going to lead. Dominic, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for coming on. And once you finish your track, you can come back on. We can talk more about it. Here's Shebs. Absolutely awesome. Thank you. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to leave a comment and like this episode. And you can follow me on all of my social media platforms under the handle Shebs the Wanderer. Until next time, bye for now.